Thanks for listening to the Lunch and Learn with Dr. Barry, here to help educate, motivate, and put you on the right path to take control of your health through weekly discussions on topics in the medical field, public health arena, and in your community. And now your host, Dr. Barry. And welcome to another episode of the Lunch and Learn with Dr. Barry. I'm your host, Dr. Barry Pierre, your favorite board-certified internist, founder of drbarrypr.com, as well as a CEO of Pierre Medical Consulting, helping you empower yourself for better health with the number one podcast for patient advocacy, education, and affirmation. This week, we bring you a guest medical student. She's actually our second medical student on the podcast to talk about physician burnout. If you have not had a chance, please check out last week's episode with Dr. Nicole Washington, board-certified psychiatrist, who really breaks down the foundation of what physician burnout is. She helps explain that it isn't something that just happened within the past year, even though the news may make it seem that way. And we really lay out the groundwork of what these next series of episodes is going to be like here on the Learn to Learn with Dr. Barry. So we are going to have a chance to talk with not only other physicians, but we're talking to resident physicians, those who just got out of medical school but aren't official attending status yet. And now we're even going to be talking to medical students because we realized after our discussion with the physician burnout, that this isn't something that happens right when we're done at a residency. No, like we're getting hit over the head very early, right? As early as in our medical school days. So we have Ms. Joseph here, who's a fourth year medical student. She's out of Ross School of Medicine, and she's going to give her encounter on what physician burnout means to her. She's going to talk about some of the signs and symptoms that she faced personally, how she was able to get over it. So I'm very excited for you guys to get ready for another amazing episode and listen to her words and you know again whether you're a medical student physician or whether you're a patient right and again and you're not going to be a doctor understand and i talked about this last week that if you don't think physician burnout affects you because you're not the physician you are going to be sadly mistaken because physicians who are burning out aren't just quitting on the spot. No, they're working for years on end, but in a depressed state, in a least effective state that they can be, and they're having to take care of your relatives, and you don't want that to occur. So you want to know if your physician's experiencing some signs of burnout. That way they uh, can make sure that they're taking care of you correctly. So like always, if you have not had a chance, make sure to subscribe to the podcast. Leave us a five-star review. Whether you're on Apple Podcasts, CastBox, Google Play, I think it lets you do, I think Stitcher lets you do comments as well. So wherever you can leave comments, and if for some reason a podcast app you listen to podcast doesn't allow you to leave a comment, go ahead and come to the website lunchlearnpod.com and leave a comment there. Just let us know how we're doing on the uh, podcast. Remember to rate five stars, and let's get ready for another amazing episode here on the Lunch and Learn with Dr. Barry. One of the sponsors for the Lunch and Learn Community Podcast is the Lunch and Learn Community Store, where you can find t-shirts, sweatshirts, coffee mugs, stickers, and wristbands with the motto, Empower Yourself for Better Health. Remember, 50% of all proceeds will go to the Five Star Scholarship Foundation, where we give out college scholarships to deserving high school seniors across the country. Thus far, we have given out over 20 deserving scholarships to students across the country. So again, 50% of the proceeds will be uh, blessed to the Five Star Scholarship Foundation. And today you can get the coupon code LUNCH20 and you can get 20% off your purchase and you support these high school students across the country. Again, the Lunch and Learn Community Store is at 
shop.drbayerpierre.com and the coupon code is lunch20. All right, Lunch and Learn community, just heard another amazing induction. And this is a topic, and again, if you caught last week's episode with Dr. Nicole, we are going to be starting a series of a serious topic, especially for not only you guys, the the patients, right, the one who gets taken care of, right, because this is really affecting the people who got to take care of you, which we kind of alluded last week. Again, when we talk about physician burnout, it's not something that like the physicians feel it and then they just kind of go away. No, like they still keep taking care of people, which means taking care of you, taking care of your mom, taking care of your grandma. So, but with the energy that we got from last week's episode, I decided to expand it and really talk to all different kind of stages of, of the physician. And this week we have, you know, a, a guest who's a medical student, right? And it's so funny because again, I, I, it wasn't too long ago that I was a medical student. But I was kind of surprised just by, you know, talking with Dr. Nicole, the fact that, you know, now we have medical students who are starting to kind of feel that pinch, starting to kind of feel that burn and those symptoms that really is is a problem. Because if they're feeling it early, what happens? That means they want to quit early, right? So again, thank you for joining today's podcast here on the Lunch and Learn community. Yes. Thank you, Dr. Barry, for having me. I'm really excited to be here. So I, I gave them a little bit introduction of your bio in the, the, the beginning portion, right? But tell, you know, just the listeners, because I got listeners who love to skip, like go right into the, the main talking points, right? Tell them, you know, something about yourself they should know by now, like, you know, your motivation, even let's, let's even break it down. Why are you going to medical school? All that good stuff there, because I think that really ties home the fact when we talk about physician burnout. So essentially, I just, just to give a little of my background, I'm Canadian born, Haitian bred, Florida raised. There was a lot of different influences that happened throughout my life, but the most prevalent influence was definitely medicine because of my family background and just like the people I was raised around. But I didn't really want to go to med school until I hit about grad school. That's where I really started working in the whole clinics and seeing all the different populations and the management of different chronic diseases. And that really piqued my interest. And I was like, whoa, I, I, I think I want to be a doctor. Like, I want to be the person that they come to to help with their health conditions. Because I, I feel like once they start getting referred to like, oh, diabetes educator or the nutritionist, they just kind of get lost in in the system and they don't really follow through. So why can't I be that person that can do all of that for them as well as be their primary care physician? I always ask my doctor friends, but especially medical students, right? Like if it wasn't medical school, what would you be doing? Because me, I always, I always tell people like my plan B, I probably would have did something like on the computer side, you know, some, I don't know, engineer, something. It was just, it was either a physician or I'm going in this direction here. Would you, would you have still kind of stayed in the health realm or what, what, what was your thought process? I was thinking, you know, at that time, I was really into the whole like health education behavior, like diet, nutrition, like community health realm. So that's really what I was interested in. But at the same time, I also wanted kind of to be <laughs> to go to culinary school at the same time. So I don't know where I would have been right now. <laughs> but, oh, okay, cool. I like that. Okay. We had Dr. Lauren on here who's a culinary physician as well, too. So I, I love I love that aspect. I, it, as I stress, especially for physicians, you know, I think a lot of times when we go and we go in this route, sometimes we kind of forget about our, you know, our second and third passion because we think we can only focus on physicians. So definitely we want to make sure we still encourage, especially if you still like culinary and food and stuff like that, that we still go in that direction. Right. For sure. I definitely agree. We'll get into it later, but that's definitely something I use for my like therapy. 
Love it. Okay. All right. So let's let's talk about it because I think when we were kind of speaking with Dr. Nicole last week, she talked about the aspect of the fact that medical students are facing a lot of stressors. And again, I'm gonna act like I didn't. I didn't. You know, again, I've, I've been. I've been out of school. See, I'm class of 11. It's about eight years now. So it's been eight years since I've been in medical school. And I knew there were some stresses there. But like, let's talk about some of the common stresses that, you know, typical medical students are facing these days. I know there's, I would say there's definitely different stressors depending on the type of medical student you are. Like for me, particularly, I'm considered an international medical student because I went to Ross University. So there's some stressors that aren't as prevalent as in the U.S. med students, but I think it still can be understood and like related to. For everyone, I definitely think one of the main stressors is workload, for sure. Like we we have to commit so much time and energies this making sure we have this large breadth of knowledge. And then not only that, a lot of this knowledge is is put on us on our own. We have to teach it to ourselves. So that can just result in a lot of sleepless nights, a lot of... Um, I, I remember those. I yeah. remember those lot. We used to, oh, we used to like camp out in the library for like hours. Even when I think about it now, I'm like, wow, I used to really stay in the library for like 12, 14 hours. Yeah, like I, I, I just remember like sleep, staying up all night before an exam. The next morning, this it's rough. It's definitely rough. And then it's just like the succession of exams that we have, like every like two weeks, every month, it's like never ending. And not only that, the step ones and then the shelf exams and then the step two, the step two CK, step two CS, it's like it never ends. And, and you talked about it, cause especially because I, I had a lot of friends who you know went to international medical school, especially Ross as well. What are some of that extra oomph that being a, a an international medical student kind of weighs on you as well. So, wow, there's so many. Firsthand, just the fact that we had to go to school in a different country. We had to relocate in our, our entire life to a country that's not as industrialized as the United States. Mm. So we had to pretty much adapt to sometimes not having access to water or electricity for a couple of days. Wow, that's um, a, okay. All right. That's that's definitely a stressor. Yeah. And then also it's a it's in the Eastern Caribbean. So hurricane season, <laughs> definitely a tough one for us to the point where in 2017, our entire school was relocated to another island because it was damaged to that extent. So that's just some of the stresses. Is this the fact that after we do leave the island for our clinical rotations, we have to relocate from state to state, going to different hospitals just to complete all of our clinical requirements? Very interesting. Very interesting. I'm definitely glad you kind of touched on it because I, especially because I, I love that the lunch learning community kind of understand that, you know, when, when your physician is standing in front of you, most times they have went through a lot of trials and tribulations just to get there. So we, we really need to, again, I think sometimes, and of course I think I'm biased, right? I, I think sometimes the physicians, you know, don't get the, the amount of respect and credibility that they deserve. Cause I don't think a lot of people, and it's, it's, it, could be partly our fault, right? Because a lot of times we don't really tell our story. But I don't think a lot of people understand like, hey, you know, during school, I I, I went out without water, right? Like that's a story that like, if my physician tells me that, like I'm definitely going to make sure I listen to exactly what they're saying because clearly they did what they needed to do to get here. So yeah, yeah, definitely. Thank you. Thank you for, you know, that, that aspect there. 
Now, let me ask you, like when, before you started, I, I know when you, when you made a transition, so you don't want to do, I want to go to medical school. And before you actually got there, were some of the stressors expected? Were there any new ones that you were like, oh, I didn't realize it was going to be like this significant? Was there any, was there something that kind of threw, threw you uh, for a loop? Well, I definitely knew about the whole workload. Like I went to grad school, like I knew a little bit <laughs> about that already. But so I was kind I was kind of expecting like having to be up all night studying this, studying that. So that was okay. But just the whole balancing act of social, like your social life and med school at the same time. And then just taking care of yourself was definitely not something I was expecting to be so difficult difficult very hard to the point where you kind of like let yourself go you just stop caring about your personal grooming you don't eat like I just remember being on the island I lost probably like 20 pounds because I just didn't care I'll just eat whenever I can right right <laughs> oh and, and again let's like me I'm, I'm telling you this this is not a unique story because again we're, we're really not exaggerating you're spending again majority of your if you're not sleeping the majority of your day is spent studying something so when you think about those extra you know maybe an hour or two or three that you have outside to not be studying or not be sleeping social life really doesn't kind of shoot up to the top because you know life still happens family still like you still there's a lot of things that still got to occur so again I, I i'm like nodding my head because i'm like yep she, she is hitting it right on the head yeah i miss so many many weddings, so many par- birthday parties, so many, so many events. Like, and it's hard because people just don't understand when you tell them, oh, I can't make it because of school. They're like, what? Like you weren't, <laughs> we're at University of Florida. You could make things. Why can't you make things uh-huh. now? Like, I don't understand. Like, uh-huh. bro, you don't understand. <laughs> you know, yeah, this, this is just a, it's a different type of pressure, different type of, yeah, just, well, yeah. And, and what's, what's funny is, especially when you're talking to other physicians, you definitely don't even have to explain to us, right? If when I'm talking to another physician, they're like, yeah, I can't do that. I got like, oh, okay, all right, I understand. Usually the people on the outside who don't really have the inside in, for them, it, it's perplexing, right? It's perplexing. They're like, oh, what, you don't have, what do you mean you don't have time? Like, yes, I actually don't have time. Like, I'm, I'm being dead honest with you. Right. To the point where they think you're just lying. Oh, yes, yes. <laughs> it's like, no. I would love to be there. But I right. Just- I, would love, I, I wish I could be there. I wish. And it's funny. Dr. Nicole said something about that last week where we sometimes even demonize our medical students sometimes when they ask for like, hey, is it OK if I get off early? Is it OK if I take off to go? Like we like there are attendings out there, my colleagues and I get on them all the time for it, who will like demonize students for wanting life to still be happening while they're a medical student. Because again, it's one of one of those, uh, oh, when I was your age, I had to walk in the snow backwards, BSs. Do you think that that school kind of prepared you to kind of face some of the stressors that y- you did ultimately face? Not at all. They have their little lectures where there's this like, oh, you know, if you ever need help or you're ever feeling any mental, like this like mental instability we have resources for you you know the whole spiel like i feel like it's more like to cover them like life life, (laughs) Mm -hmm. but i don't like they never really tell you how to like prophylactically prevent burnout from happening or what to do to make sure this burnout doesn't happen or you know is this like oh if you're at the as once you reach the edge of the cliff and you feel like you're about to fall off, reach us, like contact us. <laughs> We're here for you. <laughs> so, and I feel like that's a, that's a little too late. <laughs> yes. And 
and, and it, it's, it's so it's so interesting because your story isn't unique your story is isn't and i wish we could say it too even unfortunately again i'm in, in graduate medical education and we have these same things we're like yeah we got wellness programs and we offer this we offer that but again i sometimes feel like it's window dressing as well like we're, we're offering it so someone can't say we didn't offer it more than the active approach like actively making sure our students wellness and well-being and mental health and self-care and all like that we, we don't do any of that especially because I, I mean i know for i was when i was in school we have to do it we had did a test every there was like a month break and then after that we did a test every single week it was midterm final midterm final midterm like every single week which is crazy when i look back at it but that's it's crazy that that's the system that medical school has really enacted and unfortunately i i think it's a big reason you know why you know the the trickle down effect is is starting to occur cuz when 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 i talk about burnout when we talk about burnout just in general like i again i'd be i used to be naive i used to think it was something that only happened to you know docs who've been in around for 10 20 30 years but, but as i got out and realized this was happening much sooner much more of my friends i'm like okay this is weird like why why are they starting to experience same things and now we, we can kind of see where some of the groundwork is being laid that now the medical students like y'all y'all can't even get out of school right before it starts kind of hitting y'all over the head knowing all that like how do you right how do you typically deal with just stress in general right and not even because i, I know medical school stress is a, a, a heap but just just stress in general i think really what helps me personally is because of my background in health education and behavior so i i do understand the different facets of overall health you know the social the mental the physical you have to make sure every single corner is pretty much covered and for me I just like to do things that make me happy. So I enjoy cooking. I enjoy baking. But, you know, right now I try to stay away from that because that usually <laughs> results negative, negatively for me as in weight gain. <laughs> so I, I, I change it to a little bit of exercise. I, I started boxing. It's really fun. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. What got you into boxing? I actually always wanted to box since I was like a teenager because my dad like would always watch boxing. And I, I thought it was a really cool like art. I, I see boxing, boxing as an art. You, you got to be really like skillful. And it's, it's really cool. Really cool sport in my, in my opinion. <laughs> and um, also I'm really into gardening. I, I think watching something grow from nothing is the most beautiful thing. So like this producing like fruits and vegetables from just water and sun and soil is so relaxing. It's like you're, it's like making, I guess, your own little children. <laughs> so, and you're in, and like, I'm always so happy with the, the products that I produce. So it's, it definitely makes me happy. And then just traveling and exploring and doing outdoor activities, being involved in my community, just, you know, really getting myself out doors and involved in things outside of medicine because I feel like people in the medicine field always are focusing on medicine and sometimes you just need to step away from that and clear your mind and see other things it's not always medicine like 
there's other things in the world. Ooh, and- I, I, I love that you said that because I think it's, it's definitely something that I know a few of my colleagues really have problems with kind of getting away from medicine because uh, that's kind of way, just like lunch and community, just kind of alluded earlier. You can be, mes- medicine is busy enough that you, it can really consume a lot of your life if you let it. So I'm, I'm definitely glad that you're able to kind of experience some of those outlets. And, and is that something that you had to learn to expose yourself outside of medicine? Was there was was this something that you you tried to incorporate even uh, in your early stages of being a medical student? I think this was subconsciously instilled in me by my mother because she always used to say like don't stress yourself out because you know what if something were to happen to you today they'll find someone else to replace you. Ooh, that's so true. Ah, oh, my god. The reason, reason why that hit me is because I remember I remember vividly we had when I when I when I became an attending and there was a doc out of that's the hospital. He had been there for maybe like 10 20 years. And he passed away. And I remember he got two emails, like literally just two emails. One email said, hey, uh, this person passed away. And another said, hey, this is where the funeral is at. And that was it. Like you didn't hear anything about it. And this is a doc who really put his time and effort right to, to, to that hospital. And I remember just two, uh, two emails was all that he got. Didn't get a party. Didn't, I mean, didn't get anything. So it's, it's so true that if you don't, right, if you don't expose yourself outside of medicine that, you know, because of the way this system is, they'll just plug someone in behind you and act like you, you didn't put in all of the amount of amazing effort that you did. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So that's why I always feel you got to put yourself first before you can put any patient first. I love it. You are important. You are just as important as this patient. If you're not functioning at your prime, at your 100%, you can't serve your community. It's, it's important for you to just realize that. Oh, very great point. Great point. Especially because, and, and I think it's sometimes we, as a physician, we get in trouble because we think that, you know, at the, the, the patient, you know, yes, yes, we, yes, on the community, yes, the patients are number one. We understand that. But if the person who's trying to take care of you isn't at their best, right, they can't effectively do it. So, so you have to take care of yourself first, just like when you're in an airplane, right? And they tell you, you got to put your own oxygen mask on first. It's the same premise, right? If you're, if you yourself isn't, you know, taking care of to the ability you need to be taken care of, like, how do you expect, right, to take care of others in, in the most efficient way? When you, especially as a medical student, right? Because when, when you hear the term physician burnout, right, as a medical student, like, what, what, like, how do you feel about that, right? Like, how do you feel, especially because nowadays where uh, I think it's become such a popular term for some reason now, and, you know, a lot of p- more people are bringing it up, a lot more articles are being published. When you hear the term physician burnout and you're about to walk in, and especially because it's not like you're on the outside looking in, you're on the inside, right? You're a medical student, <laughs> you're a medical student, about to graduate, about to become one of the physicians, and, and you hear this term burnout. Like, what, what is that? What's like some of the thoughts that go through you? I immediately just think of it as this physician can no longer perform at their best abilities. And it's just results in them jeopardizing the patient care. So essentially this this physician no longer cares about what they're doing and there's this there to be present because it's compulsory. So it's just like, I'm here because I have to be here, but my mind's not physically here and I have no desire being here. And as as a medical as a medical student again, was there especially because when you you kind of talked about some of the stressors and you definitely had a lot of stressors uh, to deal with as a medical student. Was there ever any times that you kind of felt that you were at that point? Oh, most definitely. So like, oh, like this is this hitting me too? Like what? what? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was hit real hard. 
during surgery. <laughs> my surgery rotation, for those of you who don't know, surgery rotation, surgeons in general, is a very tough field. Mm-hmm. They wake up at ridiculous hours and they leave the hospital at ridiculous hours. They basically live at the hospital. I just remember it was the middle of my surgery rotation. I, I just moved to New York. So already that's a stressor in itself because New York is just a crazy city. And I was waking up at 3.30 a.m. Every, every morning to get to the hospital at 5. And I would be in the OR all day just standing there because, you know, medical students don't really do much in the OR. <laughs> 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 so just imagine standing in the OR <laughs> for hours and hours and hours. And then I wouldn't get to leave to go home until 6 to 8 p.m. So I get home at 8 to 9. So do the math. If I get home at 9 and I have to wake up at 3.30, I typically would, what, like go to bed at like 10-ish. So I would get like four or five hours of sleep every day. Mm-hmm. And then, right, so that went on for three weeks straight. And most days I, I didn't eat. I remember like one time I just stopped to think about something and I realized, oh my gosh, I haven't eaten a, an actual meal in 36 hours. Wow. That's insane. <laughs> I'm literally running on a banana and graham crackers from the patient pantry room. <laughs> like, what is this? This is not okay. So that went on for three weeks straight. And then right from there, I went into an emergency emergency medicine rotation. And those shifts are 12 hours long, four consecutive nights or days. And after my first week in the ED of four consecutive 12-hour shifts, I was I was done. I was done. I started feeling like I had no I had no motivation. I had no interest of going to the hospital. I I just couldn't. I was rethinking the whole medicine thing. Right then and there. Yeah. In Lunch Learning Community, the two specialists you just named are two of the specialties that suffer a lot from burnout. So, and again, she was a medical student. She wasn't even, it's like, so just to kind of understand just how deep and pervasive that that feeling and association is. It's rough, very rough. And I just remember telling myself, whoa, what am, no, I, I can't do this. I cannot do this. I literally wrote an email to the to the coordinator and said, I'm taking a week off. I can't do this. Like my mental health, like I'm not, I, I can't see myself going back next week and continuing to do this, or I'm just going to like slowly degrade and crumble into pieces. So I took a week off for myself, for my mental health. And how, how was it? I guess the question is, what was the initial response from your email? She was actually very supportive because she's actually like, I have a good relationship with her. And also my school recently at that time was just launching a a new like initiative for mental health. So I guess it worked in my favor as well. Okay. (laughs) So she was accepting. She's like, okay, that's fine. No worries. I'm happy you're actually taking the initiative to take care of yourself, your mental health. And I'll let the attendings know that you would like to change your schedule around. And it was fine. What I love about that is she recognized that you're a human. Mm-hmm. And I think that sometimes gets lost in the, the training of our medical professional that like we're humans who are stepping into a field. And I, 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 tell, I tell everyone who will listen to me that we're one of the few fields that we're required to be correct 100% of the time. Because if we're only correct 99% of the time, that could mean your grandma does not come home. That could mean your dad does not come home. 
So when you're dealing with that level of pressure on a day-to-day basis, and it's not being recognized that you're dealing with that much pressure on a day-to-day basis, you can definitely wilt. So I, I definitely give props to your, was, was it an advisor? Is that who that was? The, um, the coordinator. Coordinator, yeah. So definitely give props to her who, who recognized like, hey, you know what? We need to recognize like, yes, the, the mental health is going to be important if, if we want her to actually succeed. So definitely, definitely shout outs to her for sure. And during that week, what did you do? Was it just like you just disconnected or what was the? Oh, so I had a ball. (laughs) 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 So I, I, I called, I had my boyfriend come down to New York. We, we traveled to Canada, went to go see my family. We, we went to the zoo. We went to the museums. We went out to restaurants. Like it was great. Like I just, decompressed, enjoyed, enjoyed life, basically. It was nice. It, it was definitely like, it was definitely like me hitting the reset button and it was definitely needed. I love it. When you came back and the, the button was reset, was, were you like completely like, I'm ready to go now? Was there still some lingering effects? Like what was the, what was that? What was that feeling back that first day? It was weird. I actually felt like I wanted to do medicine. Like, yeah, okay, I'm ready. Let's go. Let's start with these, seeing these patients. I'm happy to be here. Let's save some lives. Yes. <laughs> that's, that's the attitude I had. <laughs> it, was, it was great. I was really excited to be there versus a week ago where I didn't even want to get out of my bed and go. Oh, that's, that's amazing. Amazing to hear, because again, and that's and that's what we that's what we want. That's the scenario that we want to see when our our you know our colleagues, right? Because again, this is something I, I have to tell my attending colleagues all the time. Like, hey, like you didn't realize this is gonna be a colleague in like a couple of years, right? Like, the, like so sometimes I think we we get so hierarchy in and the way we look at medicine is that we don't recognize like, hey, buddy, you are actually a medical student, like whatever years ago you were. Like there's, there's no way you can become a doctor without becoming a medical student. So understanding like, yes, this person, you know, needs to breathe. This person needs to relax. They need to be able to have some mental clarity is definitely important. So definitely love the fact that uh, you were able to reset. One, you were able to recognize you needed to reset. And then the opportunity was there and it was given to you. So definitely thankful for that uh, aspect of it. And I'm very, I'm I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. I'm just very lucky the fact I had the support system and like the faculty that actually supports us taking care of our mental health. Because I feel like if I had attendings who were like, oh, suck it up, just keep coming. Like, no, you can't have a day off. Then you do realize most medical students won't finish medical school, right? (laughs) So you have to be supportive. You have to show that you care about our sanity, essentially. So you want us to become these great physicians. So you have to support us in taking care of ourselves to be great physicians. So I'm happy that's that I have attendings like that. But I know everyone's not as fortunate. Now, a question that was was posed by Dr. Nicole was was the aspect of the burnout we're experiencing. Is is it a rite of passage? Is it a form of abuse? Right. Like like what's actually happening on such a level that when you tell your story from from Ross University, I can relate your story from Nova Southeastern University. Like what is from, from a systemic standpoint? Right. Like why do you think so many students are really just experiencing these signs of burnout now? It's I feel it's difficult to say because I know I know for some students they do get the whole abuse aspect of being in medical school while they're in clinical rotations where attendings are like 
pimping them from left to right, degrading them, saying, oh, really, that's the answer you're giving me? You're wrong. Go look it up, blah, blah, blah. But personally, I've never experienced that. But I would say systemically, is this, I think it's really the fact that a lot of people who do go to medical school are kind of type A perfectionists. So whenever we do make a little mistake or whenever we do forget a fact or not know something, we beat ourselves up <laughs> and forget that this is a learning process. We can't know everything. We, we, we're expected to make mistakes. So we can't just keep degrading ourselves and, our, our, and not being confident within, our, confident within ourselves while we're, we're on this journey to becoming a physician. And I think that's really one, one, one factor in this whole process of physician burnout. That's a, that's so that's so huge and so key because we and Amy hit right on the head the fact that a lot of us are such perfectionists that I always I always kind of equated to like when when like athletes go to college sports and in their homes in their hometowns like they were the man they were you know they were that that right. elite person and, and then you get go to college and then you're in a room full of other elite people. Right. And then you realize like, wow, my eliteness isn't as elite as I thought it was. And again, you, you sometimes you get a reality check, right? You get that bad grade on that physics exam. You get that bad grade on that, you know, anatomy physics. Like you start getting biochem and all these things start happening. You're like, and your, your armor that you've been able to build up because you've been the elite of the elite as a, an undergrad medical student just begins to get chipped away. And a lot of us have not been prepared uh, to deal with that. Right. We just we just have not been prepared to deal with the strife that comes with not being 100 percent perfect. So I, I definitely think that's I mean, that's really hitting right on the head. Why I think some of our medical students are like really starting to feel some of the burn again. And it, it does worry me. Right. Because I know. Right. Like and, and again, especially I know you're a medical student, but I can tell you as a resident, you're going to feel different levels of pressure. Right. As an attending, you're going to feel different levels of pressure and stresses. So I'm glad that you had that opportunity to kind of face a little bit in, in your medical student career and know like, hey, these are ways that I can kind of work my way through it. Because unfortunately, again, I don't, I'm, I'll let the you know, cat out the bag. You're going to experience more. <laughs> you're going you're gonna to experience, not to say that it's going to be worse. It's just going to be different. So having the, the tools to cope with it now are extremely important. So de definitely... Uh, you know, I, I think you're doing an amazing job. Like I said, and it's, it's, it's one of those things where sometimes you do have to kind of go through it to kind of see yourself on the other side. And you kind of already done that. If you had a, if you had to like look back, especially you're a spokesman now, you're, you're, a la you're in your last year and you're, you're, you're looking to get out. What, what tips would you give to, you know, help, you know, students behind you either av avoid if they can, right? Or and I, I, I say deal, but I probably mean better manage the medical student burnout. I think as a medical student, you need to manage your time and prioritize your time. Yes, you know, you can, you can take all the hours in the day to study, but trust me, those two hours that you decide not to study and do something else for yourself won't change your grade. You won't learn any much more. Yes, talk, talk about it. 
<laughs> it's it's and, and lunch for the community. I know it sounds like crazy, but trust me, I I've I've got colleagues right now who are attendings right now who never could learn that concept. They felt that if they weren't studying to the last second to the last T, they were gonna miss the one question that was gonna make them pass or fail the exam. Like because that's just the thought process that was there. So like so again. Even though we say it, like it's it's really real how some of the medical students feel. I have yet to this point <laughs> studied at the last minute and actually been questioned on any material that I've read in the last <laughs> last twenty four hours. It's only things that you know from from months and months and months of studying that you're assessed on. So that I I just really think people need to prioritize their time and also learn yourself. Learn when you're starting to kind of not be yourself anymore. Like if you're always, if you're typically known as the happy, go lucky, like really like friendly person, always wanting to go to work, always wanting to see the first patient of the day. And then all of a sudden you realize, oh, it's hard to get out of bed. You just want to sit in the clinic, not see any patients. There, there's something wrong with you. You're not yourself. Maybe you need to step back and take some time for yourself and assess, reassess everything. See what can change in your daily routine to make you feel better, essentially. So that for sure is is how to just avoid, just to manage the burnout. And avoiding the burnout, I, I don't know any prophylactic measures you can take, but maybe just, you know, integrate some exercise or activity or hobby you can do every week or, you know, spend some time with friends or family every week. Don't isolate yourself. I, I feel a lot of medical students isolate themselves. They just go to the hospital and then go home, sleep, go to the hospital, go home, sleep, forget. Don't they don't do laundry. They don't cook. They don't take care of themselves. Try to do something for yourself, you know. I think it's important. Try to still humanize yourself. I love it. And before I let you go, I always ask, always ask my guests, what, how, especially because again, you're, you're, you're a doctor now, right? You're my colleague. How can what you do really help em- empower others to really just really take better control of their health, right? Especially our, our, us medical students, the medical students who, who really need to hear your work. Wow, that's a, that's a good question. I've never really thought of, of how I can empower others, but I just think my words, you know, it's just my, it's just, Seeking support and help from other people that, you know, that's been through what you're going through, really. That's that's pretty much it. Like, find people you can relate to. Amazing, amazing. And wh- where can others find you, right? Where where are you on? And again, this is, this is actually a good, nice little side question, right? Because I think in this day and age where social media is extremely prevalent, just just from a, just a general social aspect, because we talked about making sure we don't disconnect from people. As a but as a medical student, understanding you're about to be, uh, you know, you're a, you're a physician in a few months, and understanding that your words, even though it may not seem like it now, are extremely powerful, and people are going to want to hear or see or reads this kind of stuff that you do or follow. Are you on social media, right? And when I say on social media, especially I mean in your, your moniker of as a medical student about to be a physician. Not necessarily, but you, <laughs> I do. I mean, if you want to see how I live life to beat my stressors, I am on Instagram. Yes. Look at my great traveling pictures and all that great stuff what's your, what's your instagram so we can have um, people follow you what's your instagram it's la.kay.jo okay all right we'll make and let's make me that will be in the show notes so you can follow the soon to be dr joseph and again and I, and I joke because i always talk about as as i remember when i was doing my blogging as a medical student 
social media wasn't really the thing that people did. Right. So it was always very weird because first I've been calling myself Dr. Barry Pierre, like since a medical student, because I was like, oh, this is a foregone conclusion. Like this. Sure. So sure. I'm going to like it. So I had already skipped the student doctor moniker because I didn't want I didn't need that attached to me anyways. One, because I didn't want to have to switch all my stuff out when it came around to it. But I was I was always talking about health and always and people people have been following me for, again, almost like eight to 10 years now under that moniker. So I, I always encourage my medical students to get out and, and get get out there and, you know, show yourself and, you know, let people know who you are. Because especially in this day and age where as a, a physician, uh, you need to do things that kind of, you know, help you stand out uh, amongst the crowd. So I, I always I always encourage all my medical students get you a social media page, obviously one that you like, right? If you like Facebook, get your Facebook. If you like Instagram, get your Instagram. If you like Twitter, what, whatever you like and, and understand that you're about to, you're a role model now as a medical student because I'm pretty sure you was already getting those medical questions like, hey, Cassie, how do you do this? Like, hey, what? <laughs> <laughs> so I'm already sure the question is already happening. So I said, you might, you might as well just go ahead and establish yourself right. and establish who you are as a brand as well. You have a good point, you know, and it's interesting because as, to be honest, as a medical student, I really haven't done as much social media because of time. Mm-hmm. And personally, I don't like to use my free time on the computer or on social media because I rather oh. experience the outdoors. Or something. All right. But take, take, take the picture of the outdoors so we can see what you're doing. <laughs> <laughs> I want to I see, see the cooking. I want to see where you're traveling. I want to see all of that. Okay, I'm I'm gonna take your advice because <laughs> I have more free time now. For yes, I, I think I'm gonna rev up my my social media footprints. Is that what we call it? Oh yes, it is. Yes, it is. <laughs> so again, first of all, I want to thank you. You're actually my second medical student on the podcast, so definitely shout out to you, especially because the journey that you're you're about to commence. Because you're in fact, with in fact, let's you know, I mean, we got time now. Let's talk. Let's tell them you're you're because you're in the process of the the match. Right. Let's 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 get people a little inside look uh, of what it means to go from medical student to resident. Like, how are you uh, as far as that's concerned? Where are you at? Let's 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 uh, just so people can kind of know to look out for you whenever that time comes around. All right. So I'm my primary specialty of choice for this match. Upcoming match is internal medicine. Yes. And, and, and ladies and gentlemen, um, of course, I, obviously I'm biased, right? Because I'm an internist as well, too. So I love <laughs> I love when the medical students want to be an internist. And obviously, like I said, I'm, I'm South Florida raised. So I'm looking to go back home. Perfect. Really, I, I just want to I just want to really focus from moving forward. I really want to focus on like conducting and doing research on community health and especially focusing on certain populations, different cultural beliefs and how that affects their health outcomes. That's definitely some of my career interests, but I'm all about primary care and that's the goal for me. And hopefully this match, upcoming match season goes in my favor. Yes. All right. So especially as, as a program director, right? I know that we, we I know you you plan on applying towards Wellington Regional. Again, we would definitely love to see you there. So we're definitely going to get, we're, we're, we're putting those positive affirmations out there. And again, I always tell you, even if you don't come to Wellington, at least if, as long as you match and you, you get to where you get to, I'm happy. Because uh, I, I love, again, I, I love the journey of the medical student. I love the journey as a physician in general. And I, I wish more people knew about the journey and knew what the journey took. Because I think it, it would really give people a lot more appreciation of just how hard it, it is to become a doctor. 
It is hard. Very hard. So again, Lunch Learn Community, again, I want we want to thank OMS, I guess not OMS, MS4, medical OMS, I'll say Patty, <laughs> soon to be Dr. Joseph, for blessing us really with educating us on what the burnout process is for a medical student. We appreciate your kind words. We, we're, we're sending nothing but prayers and wishes on your journey up in this up and coming match and make sure we you lane at the destination you know, that, that God puts you in. Wow. Thank you, doc, Dr. Barry. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much for your kind words and your blessings and everything and positive energy. I love it. I thoroughly enjoyed speaking to you and being on your show. I hope to see you again. Yes. Possibly. Yes. All right. <laughs> so, yeah, it was definitely a pleasure. Thank you for getting to the end of the show. I am your host, Dr. Barry Pierre, host of the Lunch Learner, Dr. Barry. And this is another amazing episode that we like to bring to you week after week on betterment of empowering yourself for better health today. If you have not had a chance, please go ahead and subscribe to the show if this is your first time listening. If you already listen and you've already subscribed, make sure to leave me a five-star review because your support is absolutely important in keeping the show moving as it is. And if you have not had a chance and you want to check out today's show notes, always head over to lunchlearnpod.com. That is lunchlearnpod, all in one word, .com. And you can get the access to my show notes for every single episode, especially the one you just listened to. And I'm going to see you guys next week. You guys be blessed. Bye.